A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, in its 27th year found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Oregon-based musician, activist, and longtime Seattle Hemp Fest core group member, Tim Pate, who's already on the line. I very much enjoy my show here at Cannabis Radio, having the opportunity to have discussions about important topics with activists, authors, attorneys, musicians, parents, and patients whom I greatly admire. is something that means a lot to me. Sharing those conversations with listeners all over the world for the last three and a half years has been downright thrilling for me. But this show is a hobby. It's not my job. I do this show on my day off from producing the Seattle Hemp Fest, which I've been doing for the last 27 years with an ever-evolving cadre of fellow community activists. I have literally worked with thousands of volunteers over the last quarter century plus of community organizing and it remains a privilege and an honor for me. I believe that our collective efforts combined with the efforts of other regional and national activists is why my state of Washington was among the first two states to begin the process of dismantling cannabis prohibition back in 2012. Since that time, so much has changed. But one senses a landslide looming on the horizon as it feels more and more like Prohibition's days are severely numbered, as it should be, because Prohibition has meted out so much injustice, so much needless suffering and misery. It's shameful, tragic, and it's all been a complete and total waste. 
Prohibition has been a policy rooted in racism and fueled by bigotry, fear, hypocrisy, and double standards. To me, my comrades at Seattle Hemp Fest and other events like her that prioritize community values to social justice are heroes and patriots. They are my brothers and sisters in the struggle, and I bring one of those freedom fighters to you as my guest today. This will be Tim Pate's 22nd year on the Sher Parker Memorial Main Stage at Seattle Hemp Fest. Tim spent nine years with the Grateful Dead on the Rock Medicine team. He also spent seven years with Portland Hempstock as event coordinator, seven years on the TV show Cannabis Common, Common Sense, which produced 295 episodes, and Tim has logged six years on the Administrative Rules Committee for Industrial Hemp for the state of Washington. Tim Pate is featured in five books, including The Emperor Wears No Clothes, Protestable, I think I've heard of that one, and Cannabis Saved My Life. He's also the world champion pumpkin carver, and many of his clients include Disney, NBC's Universal's Grimm, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, and Mr. Pate is with me today in the Virtual Hemp Present studio. Welcome, Tim, to Cannabis Radio. Oh, it's a pleasure. It is a pleasure to be with you, Vivian, so much. It is. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Right back at you, my brother. Tim, I like to begin often with how and when you were initially introduced to cannabis. How did you begin your relationship with the herb? I was in high school back in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Nathan Hill High School, and I was in the smoke hole. And uh, it was late in the year, my senior year, and, and I had never done it before, quite frankly. I was a pretty, pretty clean kid, and somebody offered it to me, and son of a gun, I, I just did it, and that was that. Uh, uh, my relationship expanded in college, uh, not only at the University of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State University, and, uh, and then for a while, as an adult, I stopped completely, and I, I was a minister with the Church of Christ. And so there was a, a period there where, obviously, I just I was not participating in it. And then uh, I stopped doing that, and my little sister uh, gave me some really nice medicine when I was back in Oklahoma visiting, because my father had had a heart attack. And... Uh, Suddenly, I mean, you know when it's good medicine, your body changes. Suddenly, my body was different. It, I, I could relax. My lungs were clear. I've been a severe asthmatic for most of my life. And, and uh, I, had, I mean, I had a really physical, positive reaction to this medicine. And I, I, I knew something was different. Something was wrong with what people have been telling me. And so uh, I decided to do a personal exploration and uh, read Jack's book and, and started, uh, uh, you know, very serious uh, dig into what was supposed to be and what, what it really is correct. And so uh, that's, that's how I got started. That's what, you know, led me. And uh, it's actually what's kept me going all these, all these years now because, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, it, I push myself because I know what the truth is and, and I, I can't be convinced of anything other than that. It, this is the truth and we need to do something about it. So that's where I started. How about Seattle Hemp Fest? How did you become involved in the Hemp Fest? I had a friend who was a peace heathen <laughs> and uh, he told me that I needed to, I was already doing hemp rallies and I'd been working with the Grateful Dead for many years by that time working on the rock medicine team 
And he said that uh, you guys were having a really great rally up there in Seattle, and I had to call you. And and so uh, I had you and I had met through uh, the Oregon Country Fair, but we really didn't know each other that well. Uh, and and at the same time, uh, Scott Heavysage, who was my friend and your friend at the time, uh, you know, introduced us and said, "You need to have Tim, and Tim, you need to go do this." And so I came up and played a couple of songs you graciously let me on stage even though it was you know packed and there was i think we only had one or two stages that year and this was in 95 uh but at the same time as soon as i was finished with you know playing music i hung around and did rock medicine in case you needed me because i had a lot of experience at that so first few years that's really what i did was i'd play music and, and if you let me and then I, you know, hang around for and do rock medicine just in case. And then in 99, I opened the show and you came up to me afterwards and you, you basically said, that was good enough. Why don't you do it from now on? And I started saying, you know, I thought about it and said yes. And I opened Seattle Hip Fest for like 15 or 16 years until I retired in the music, actually music business a couple of years ago because of health. So I played it, but to me, it's, it, I think playing something is, it's nice and it's important and everybody needs it, but I'd much rather contribute more than just that few moments. And so I found a way to sneak into your heart and, and bring, you know, extra goodies. And so I decided that there was a, a way for us to uh, start giving away some really neat grand prizes. And, uh, uh, I, I wanted to uh, find a way to you know, become Santa Claus. That's not really what I meant, but I wanted to be able to raise some money for Seattle Hemp Fest, get some other people involved who really weren't involved in, in, in a giving way, and uh, uh, you know, have some fun at the same time. And so all of that kind of worked out by uh, uh, us giving away grand prizes up on main stage. And, by that, I mean, I've been giving away guitars. Uh, one reason or another, I was sponsored by some really great guitar companies. And uh, uh, through the years, uh, they've given me quite a few guitars, and I got to keep a couple of them. But the rest of them, uh, I've given away. So right now, this is uh, I've, been, I've given away 19 guitars now. And I've never dreamed that it would you know, get this far, but it has. And on the on the the guitars that we give away up on main stage at Seattle Hemp Fest, we have everybody sign them who's been up on on stage, even the performers and the incredible speakers and all of the activists and and the children who come up and say, you know, cannabis is my medicine. They all get to sign the guitar. And uh, at the end of the weekend, because we have a raffle, uh, people put in money and and we raffle that guitar off. And I I know that guitar has been become incredibly valuable over the years so i'm just i'm glad that we can do it i'm glad that folks uh you know appreciate what we're trying to do and then they put in a lot of money so that we can do it Here you go. Tell, tell us more about the raffle what other things uh, are given away and how does it work well uh the, the raffle is pretty straightforward it you don't have to be present to win we we uh have a whole bunch of prizes for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because Saddle Hip Fest is a three-day event. And so we give away prizes uh, 
Friday afternoon, and uh, there's always some kind of water pipes or you know big bongs and and uh, a lot of gift bags. We have a lot of different people who want us to have you know some small prizes, but they all accumulate into quite a lot. Uh, so Friday and Friday night we have a a big VIP party for Seattle Hemp Fest. It's a traditional thing we've been doing for many years, and uh, uh, we give away a, pr- a prize from main stage on Friday. We give away prizes at that party as well and then on saturday uh we'll give away a a a prize package from uh, peace of mind uh who's been giving us prize packages now for saturday for quite a few years uh and then on sunday uh we put together together a big old bag of of all kinds of uh of goodies from all kinds of merchants that to come to seattle fs we've got hundreds and hundreds of booths there and and quite a few of them like to give us something just to give away up on main stage besides the guitar that, that you know we've had everybody sign so whomever wins the the prizes we call them and uh i haven't had a person not call me back yet so uh what happens is they call me back and, and we give away the prizes we used to be me and you we'd stand up there and we'd pull out 10 numbers and because everybody's left we couldn't give away anything, <laughs> and we'd have to do it two or three times, and by then it was too late. So once we went to having everybody put their name and their phone number on the back of the tickets, it, the drawing of the winners has become very easy. And uh, uh, the things you learn after doing, you know, 20 years of, uh, of raffles in public. Uh, anyway, what else would you like to know? I think uh, we're going to uh, hold that thought for a minute. My uh, guest is Tim Pate. We're going to take that first pause for the cause because we still have to fight the flaws and the laws here. We're from our sponsors and advertisers. Come back with our second segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th through the 26th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for this brand new event sponsored by the radio podcast leader for all things cannabis cannabisradio.com 
Be one of the first to register today at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Hemp Present with Tim Pate. Uh, Tim, in addition to your work with the Seattle Hemp Fest, you also serve on the Industrial Hemp Rules Committee of Oregon State. What does the Industrial Hemp Rules Committee do? Well, uh, in 2009, the state legislature in Oregon passed uh, an industrial hemp law, and the governor signed it, and it became law. Although uh, it was a law that nobody... uh, we didn't have any rules to administer uh, because they were afraid. It was against federal law at the time, and so there were a lot of issues surrounding the fact that we had a law, but we didn't have any rules. And uh, uh, in 2013, uh, uh, our state uh, representative, uh, Earl Blumenauer, I call him a rep, uh, but anyway, a politician here in the state of Oregon, and one of our federals, uh, he appointed me to a task force that they had just created uh, to uh, write the rules so that we could begin implementing the law. And uh, myself, our, our state senators, our congressmen, our attorney general, uh, the uh, heads of uh, the departments with the agriculture uh, department in the state of Oregon, uh, the head of the Department of Human Services, or, or the representative from there, and a representative from the State uh, Liquor Control Commission. Uh, also, the, the head of the Oregon State uh, Drug Enforcement Division for the state police. Uh, we're on, we were on committee together. So I was, I was on this committee. Uh, also, there were a couple of farmers, and, and uh, uh, I think that's pretty much it. There weren't a lot more people on the committee at the time. And we got together, and we started meeting in 2013, and we have uh, accomplished the writing of the rules, and then we made those rules temporary for a period of time. And then here, just a few months ago, uh, those rules became permanent. We had hearings, and and, uh, we processed uh, all of the information, and the rules that we created have become permanent. So they are now uh, written in in the books, and and we are able to and have been able to function uh, in Oregon with the uh, the hemp program that we created for a number of years now. And each year that that program has has uh, demonstrated itself in an exponential growth of acreage that we're growing for industrial hemp here in the state of Oregon. Uh, I am really personally pleased to be a part of this and uh, and grateful for that I've had the uh, opportunity to, to have my hand in it. Uh, I, I know that uh, I've not missed a meeting and I feel like there's been a, a very significant historical uh, movement in Oregon and uh, it's only going to continue. Uh, I, I see uh, a, a great long-term impact in our in our positive work that we've done here, and and because of that, I've also been in, uh, helpful uh, to the state of Kansas, who's also recently passed their uh, industrial hemp law, and are looking to uh, create their own rules. And I've sent the legislature 
in Kansas uh, here just in the past week, uh, the rules from Oregon, so that they could at least take a look at those while they're writing the rules in Kansas. So uh, uh, in my opinion, nothing could be better for us than to have an entire nation that has hemp as a background uh, uh, economy uh, that will actually become a primary farming economy once we uh, uh, prove to them how effective that uh, industrial hemp is in, in making non-toxic building materials and uh, and so many other products that uh, you know we've been touting from the stage, the main stage in Seattle Hemp Fest. For what, what kind of products? Now. What kind of products can be uh, made from industrial hemp, Tim? Well, one of the things that I'm very, very interested in. I was on a team of uh, of experts back in the early '90s. We wanted to make non-toxic building materials, and so I, I myself have built over a thousand houses. I grew up in the building industry. And I would like to see us make non-toxic building materials. So uh, our bricks, boards, uh, uh, I-beams, or you know, two by fours, two by sixes, two by eights, those type of structures, those three, those three uh, elements right there are the, the simplest and, and most basic uh, elements in building uh, structures. And so, uh, if I have those three things, I can build almost anything. And that is the goal of, of a company that I've formed so that we can uh, create building materials that are made in a non-toxic way and out of industrial hemp. And by non-toxic, I mean so many of the uh, materials that are used in the building industry have glues and binders, binders in them. And it's natural. You've got to have that. And you're, you're talking uh, about you're, you're talking about particle board, right? Composite. Uh, obviously, there's no hemp board, stock yes. large enough oh. to cut a two by four out of, right? That's right. You're you're, you're correct. Uh, but the the fibers in the hemp are as long as the the hemp plant is as tall. And so, if you've got a 14 foot tall plant, you've got 14 foot long fibers, and and there's no other fiber in the world that's longer than three-eighths of an inch. And uh, and that is the fiber in an old-growth Douglas fir tree in the Pacific Northwest, in one of the finest growing, you know, tree environments on the planet. Uh, the longest fiber in that plant, in that tree, is three-eighths of an inch long. The longest bundle is three-quarters of an inch and so when you have a plant that has fibers that are 14 feet long, then you have strength that can be exponential uh, it, compared to the previous elements, you know, the, the, the Douglas fir that we were just talking about. And so what we have here is the ability to create a fiber in nature that is strong. And uh, with the proper... Uh, chemistry and, and uh, other components added to it, we believe that we can create uh, not only boards, but bricks and uh, uh, I-beams. We think we can do 3D printing out of it. In fact, it's proven that you can. Uh, wow. There are so many things that, that, uh, uh, are, that industrial hemp is capable of doing. And these are on simple levels. If we you know, really wanted to get into the, the molecular level of it, we could break this plant apart on a, on, a, uh, on a molecular level 
and create a lot more uh, chemically uh, advantageous products. And you know, I don't want. I want to be careful here because I'm right in the middle of of, uh, <laughs> of some very important moves for my company, <laughs> and I don't want to give too much. You away. don't want to spill and the beans really or the proprietary thing. information. Yeah. And you can make make hemp well, concrete, which is which is hemp concrete, right? Now, now right. you've got yeah. some other uh, hemp projects you're working on as well, or is there anything else you're doing with hemp for the next break? Well, I, you know what? There's been a lot of CBD brokerage going on in, in the state of Oregon. And uh, just because there's so many acres here that are growing. And so, I've, yeah, I've been brokering hemp. I've been brokering CBD and, and the distillate and the isolate that they've grown and the raw oils. Those, That's been an incredible uh, opportunity for people here in the state of Oregon just because we have, we have that uh, opportunity that's been going on here. So... That's something else that obviously has just taken the forefront over the last six months to eight months. I'm really glad to see that happen too. Uh, and uh, to, to me, it just makes sense that we're, you know, finally making available the types of uh, medicines that uh, so many uh, people have needed, especially for epilepsy and and you know so many of the issues that that you and I have seen in, in a lot of the people who come across the, the stage in Seattle. So. That to me is a big deal too. Just making so much available, you know, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Tim, I would be remiss if I did not squeeze in before the next break uh, a few of these other questions here. Particularly, could you quickly share a couple stories from your years on main stage at Hemp Fest? What's, what's been a few highlights for you? I, I, you know, I thought about that when you asked me that a couple of days ago, just in prepping for this interview, and. And I really enjoyed when Woody Harrelson showed up. I, I loved him. He came twice, as you know. You were there both times, too. And I, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed playing uh, on main stage with uh, the herbivores at 420 one year. That was uh, one of my highlights of my life, uh, just being up there in front of all of those people and and having that entire you know group backing me on a song. It just it made my year. It the house band of Seattle decade. Hemp Fest, the herbivores, right? The house oh, absolutely. band. Yeah. A house band. They are. And uh you know, that that almost brings tears to my eyes remembering all of that. Just knowing you know, I also you know, I remember when we all had to hang back when I remember Cher and and, and uh and you and and so many of us we got caught back in a rainstorm and we were all Trying to hang on for our dear lives backstage <laughs> underneath this one little canopy, and you know, this huge storm comes, yeah, rolling across you know the the bay, and, and we're we're hanging on for dear life, and there's thunder and lightning going on, and and oh, that was crazy. I also remember the time that the thunder, the lightning struck right above our heads when we're standing there trying to make a decision whether we're going to close the stages or not, you know, and then there's lightning right overhead. <laughs> it was a crazy moment. I mean, you know, on main stage, you see everything. You see the most wonderful performances by people who are absolutely driven to be there because of their talent. And uh, that's, you know, because of 22 years of seeing that, that's, it's hard to define which ones are best because they all <laughs> give their best. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. You know, I know what you mean, giving, Tim. 
They just give so much. They're so excited to be on that stage, and, and they're and, and they're they, not getting they paid. The va- Let's just point no. out that the vast majority, ninety-five percent of the bands that play Hempfest, are not getting paid anything. Not at they're, all. They're there because no, they support they the cause. To. Oh, I know, I know, and it, and you know what? I'm glad of that. I, I do too. I come a long way. I've given so much of my life to do that. You drive. Thing. You drive. I, you drive uh, to another state once a month just to attend our monthly core group meeting. It's important for us to get the job done. And you know that. I don't know how else to do that. And I've always felt like, for me, I've been a liaison between Oregon and Washington. Both states have really been hotbed of activity for a long time. And uh, to me, it, it was very important to remain to keep those communication lines open and, and and I've been able to do that, me. And I don't know how that happened for me, but it was because I had the chance. I could drive there. I could do that and it never hurt me to be, you know, a part of both organizations at the same time. Tim, and, I wanna uh, make sure I wanna uh, make sure we, that we get in, bro, that you are the world yeah. champion pumpkin carver. You are the world champion pumpkin carver. What's that all about, man? Well, I uh, destroyed a Guinness World Record many years ago for fastest time to carve uh, uh, one ton of pumpkins. And uh, and so uh, that was years and years ago. That was maybe 10 or 11 years ago. Uh, I have been, for the past 18 years, uh, a professional pumpkin carver. And, and because of that, I've had the chance to work for uh, quite a few organizations that require specialized pumpkin carving. I could get called tomorrow to carve Al Roker on the Today Show. It's happened before. I worked for Grimm, uh, the television series for NBC Universal, and when they had their Halloween special, I carved all their pumpkins. I worked for Disney quite a few times in my lifetime. They are they are client. Uh, I can name clients actually that I've had for 18 years in a row, and I, I just I can carve anything. How how did you start? How did been, how did you start that uh, that that craft? Well, you know, I, I my great-grandfather started me when I was 14 years old. I wanted to learn how to carve. I spent the summer with him down in Alabama, and he was 85, and I was 14, and I really wanted to learn. So, uh, I, and, and the reason I asked him is uh, I'm a seventh-generation stone carver, and everybody in the family, they were stone carvers and carvers of some kind or another, uh, and they worked in stone. And so I wanted to... Uh, learn as well and I learned from my great grandfather uh, and then I've had some other wonderful teachers over the years but uh, uh, one year I it happened that like 18 19 years ago I moved on to a place called Sovie Island uh, outside of Portland in, in Oregon and uh, there was an individual uh, there whom I ran into at the grocery store there on the island, and he, he invited me to come carve for them because they had a big old pumpkin patch. And uh, I said, okay. So I went, I carved, you know, some pumpkins for him, and they were pretty good pumpkins. Uh, money, and I, you know, I, that was fun. I should do that again. So the next year, I did. And they actually had the following year the giant pumpkin way in there, too. And so I started getting to carve giant pumpkins as well as the regular size pumpkins. And, you know, one thing leads to another, and suddenly you're carving the world's biggest pumpkin, and somebody's paying you to do it. And, uh, you know, one year after another, after another, after another, and now 
18 years later, I've been carving giants. Last year, I carved close to 90 giants, and I average around 180 pumpkins a year. Uh, and I know last year I had 17 different 17 different jobs in 17 days in 17 different locations. So that is it, crazy. It, it can, and no, I travel a lot during that season, and I have some wonderful, wonderful clients whom I really deeply appreciate, and they appreciate me. And and uh, I, I got a couple of hours on Fox last year, and and an hour live on NBC, and uh, they consider me a tradition. And so Tell I'll get another hour this year as well. I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn into a pumpkin if we don't go to the next break. I'm talking to Tim Pace, world champion pumpkin carver. Here, work from our sponsors. Come back for our final questions. Time to roll out for the people that let us hem present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Do you have new ideas that you believe will make a difference in the cannabis industry? Looking to make your brand or service stand out? The first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo is seeking sponsors and speakers for its inaugural event August 24th through the 26th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners are all welcome to join us for this brand new event sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Grow with us in this this groundbreaking event, the first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th through the 26th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Learn more at usccexpo.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back with Tim Pate. Tim, I want to ask you two questions. Where do you see the future of hemp going? And how can folks contact you and follow your work and find out more? I see hemp uh, actually increasing in its common everyday usages in the United States because we're now able to grow it here and we have a supply. The supply means that we can make things, common things. The bigger the supply, the more things we can make. So I anticipate more and more and more farmers coming on board and growing industrial hemp uh, for its many uses across the United States. Uh, that's, that is a real a reality 
I, I, I can't uh, emphasize enough that that is going to be our reality. It's not just a dream anymore. This is going to happen, folks. So get ready for it. And, you know, be prepared. If you're, if you're ready for it, you can benefit from this completely. Uh, if you want to reach me, uh, tempatemusic at aol.com is the easiest way to reach me. Tempate, T-I-M-P-A-T-E-M-U-S-I-C. Uh, if you've got questions about industrial hemp, maybe I can answer them or send you in the right direction. Uh, if you're writing your state laws and you need a little help and you want to know what Oregon did, I'd love to help you there. I really mean that because there are things that uh, we've done here in Oregon that might benefit you as well elsewhere. So uh, wherever you are at, I just want to wish you well and, and hope that uh, you have one of the most important hempy worlds. And, uh, and and if you get a chance, come out to the Seattle Hemp Fest. It is the finest party on the planet, and uh, you will never forget it. Tim Pate, my good friend and brother, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you uh, and bringing your uh, wisdom and experience to our audience. I look forward to seeing you very soon, my bro. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vivian. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Happy trails. Now I want to get to a weekly. Uh, now I want to get to a weekly feature of Him Presents on Cannabis Radio, and that's the quote of the week. And here it is: We applaud Canada for showing federal legislators in the United States what can be accomplished with true leadership and dedication to sound policy. And that is Normal Executive Director Eric Altieri speaking of Canada's legalizing cannabis in the country. That concludes this installment here presented on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hippo sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush, is sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. 
Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.